Hey, it's Mark Shifley here. You're listening to the Jet Centric Podcast. Hey, Jets fans. Welcome back. We are gathered here today to um, commemorate Sammy Niku's three games with the Jets and possibly no more. Rest in peace, Sammy Niku. Hashtag free Niku. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, hi, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, it's Bliss here. I'm joined by Kishore and Brian. We are about uh, 20 minutes out of a Jets win that just wrapped up in Ottawa. Um, we were planning on having this podcast when we were all angry and what's going on? <laughs> this team is so bad. And then they won. But don't worry, we're still mad. So it's okay. But um, yeah, so I'm here with Kishore and Brian. Uh, it's going to be probably not too long of an episode today, but this is our first episode back since the season started. Our most recent episode was um, the preview that we had with Chris, Ryan, and myself, just kind of talking about uh, what to expect from the season. And I think it's safe to say that a lot of our predictions have held true so far, but some of the, there have been some surprises, like Logan Stanley playing an NHL game. You know, playing two NHL games, might I say. But yeah, so um, anyways, we just finished off a game against Ottawa. We won, oh boy, now I'm not even paying attention. 4-3, in OT, yeah. 4-3 in OT, yeah. Nick Ehlers, first ever overtime goal, the best four, jet. Yeah. Holds his title once more. So maybe I will um, throw it to Kishore first. Um, any kind of points you want to mention about today's game and what you saw, what you liked, what you uh, didn't like? Well, we should do like the overall thing. Uh, the Jets should be 0-3. Um, <laughs> each game, they've played a AHL level period um, in each of the games. It was the first period against Calgary, second period against Toronto, first period against Ottawa, and they're lucky to have gotten two wins. Basically, Patrick Line dragged them to a win uh, in the first game. Connor Hellebuck remembered that he is a Vezina winner in the second game and kept them in it. Uh, and then Lauren Brassois looked, I thought, really good tonight, um, taking almost 50 shots from the Ottawa Senators, which is just a bizarre thing to say. I, I think there's a lot of good and bad. I think good... You got to love how Hellebuck has looked outside of that first period against Calgary. Uh, LB looked good tonight. Derek Forbert, who knew? I think he's looked pretty good, a pretty solid uh, middle pair defenseman for us. And uh, he's made a lot of smart plays. The bad. Oh, if you're (laughs) over 30 on this team, geez. I like Matthew Perot, woof, just looks like he's done. Um, Blake Wheeler, outside of like a few flashes on the power play, has looked terrible. Um, and then Paul Stastny, who hasn't looked terrible, but just hasn't like really clicked with anything. I think all of them have been, uh, you know, it's early. I get that. But they have not started well at all for this team. Um, and there's there's more to say. Um but R.I.P. Niku. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> R.I.P. Sammy Niku, who deserves to be sent to the press box after a rough uh, couple games. But we will always be free Niku here. It's true, and I think that kind of shows that we aren't crazy. We're not insane. We don't just pick something and run with it. Yes, we are very pro Niku and always free Sammy Niku, but. We are willing to admit when he's not maybe looking as good as we had hoped and anticipated he might. Uh, Brian, you want to add on to some of Kishore's points there? Sure. Um, 
Yeah, there's a lot to unpack from the first three games. Um, I will somewhat disagree with the first game. I think the Jets were full marks for that victory. And I don't think it was just Patrick Laine that dragged them to that. Um, you had, I think you had all three of the top three lines contributing there. Like, I definitely think Laine more or less drove his line, which is something that if you see going forward, that's that's scary for the rest of the North Division. But Cop, Lowry, and Appleton were more or less able to control puck possession uh, against Calgary's top line, allowing the other two lines to kind of do their thing. Um, I think I think it sheltered kind of a weak defense core that they've been icing for the first few games. In the first game, they were sheltered by good forward play. Against Toronto, well, they got exposed, and it, it wasn't pretty. And tonight, I think, same thing, but like, it was the whole team today. Like, it just looked lifeless to me. Um, the last five minutes or so, the Jets did start controlling more. I think it was more of an indictment of Ottawa than a uh, than what you can say positive about the Jets. Uh, Brossois. If, if I was an Ottawa fan, I'd be pretty excited about what I saw for fifty five minutes of that a game. Oh yeah, um, for the future, not maybe like two years from now, but it, still. I'd still be pretty excited. They did some good things, but it's got me concerned. Like, as like you said, um, the vets Wheeler just, he looks like he doesn't have a lot left in the tank. Shifley at times doesn't look like he's trying out there. He looks very disengaged. I agree. I agree. And I got to wonder what's up with Josh Morrissey because he doesn't look anything like the player he was a couple of years ago. Uh, now, yeah, obviously he probably misses Jacob Truba, but it's going to be tough. <laughs> it's going to be tough for it's going to be tough for the Jets to have success without Shifley and Morrissey going uh, going forward, not just this year, but in future years. Um, they really what? need to find a way of of getting Morrissey back to the game he was playing a couple of years ago, uh, breaking plays up in the neutral zone all the time. Um, they got to create space for him, I think. It, so I agree about Morrissey. The one thing I'll give Shaif a break on, here his, here's his time on ice in three games. 26 26 and 23 minutes that is that is almost like goalie level contributions in ice time uh, so far it's way too much it's obviously not sustainable um and so i can understand shife maybe conserving some energy and not giving it his all if his expectation is that he's going to be playing 26 27 minutes a night which is just unbelievably uh, That's bad. Ridiculous for three games in uh, to be doing that. Uh. Yeah, 
it's <laughs> it'll be interesting for sure. And obviously, you can't you know write off a season from the beginning. You can't say this is going to be our Stanley Cup year. It's been three games, obviously, but there are always some signs and some predictions that hold true at the beginning, and you know they're going to be consistent all the way through. So, like you'd said, Kishore earlier, Connor Hellebuck. Other than that first period against Calgary, because that was a little bit, you know, not hell a buck, but um, he's been good, and that's exciting, that's encouraging, and like you said, Forbert has been a pleasant surprise, as has, in my opinion, Trevor Lewis. I didn't think he was going to be awful, um, but I've been okay with what I've seen from him in all six minutes he plays a night, I don't know, um, and... That first game of Lionel was good. I was uh, I was a fan. I was happy with that. Um, but yeah, that uh, already losing Lionel to an injury, Pullman to COVID protocol, Ehlers being in and out. He didn't miss any games. He hasn't missed a game, but he missed some practices and he was on COVID protocol as well. Um, do you think that's kind of indicative? I can't even pronounce that word of what's to come in the season just with injuries weird mishaps covid just being what it is um i mean that's just that's just gonna be a thing for every nhl team has dallas played yet i don't think so so like you know you know and the canes just had some positive cases it's just gonna be a, a a sort of fact of life and hopefully because Canada has its shit together compared to the U.S. Like, it's not going to be as bad in the North Division in terms of disruption. But it's still going to be hard. There's still going to be disruptions like this. I, I'm i less worried about the, uh, the, the COVID stuff for this team and more about how they manage Minich uh, going forward. Because you know Maurice likes to play Hellebuck as much as possible, and he physically can't with this schedule. It's just too much. There's too many back-to-backs for Hellebuck to play play more than, you know, 36, 40 games. Um, But to be fair, we haven't seen DeMello yet this year, who's healthy. Congrats on the baby, Dylan, uh, and Dylan's wife. And uh, I'm... we've only gotten a few periods of line a who doesn't look terribly injured. Uh, And Hanala is, is just waiting in the wings to come uh, play. And I think we're going to start to see um, those players come in in the next, uh, you know, game or two. Does this, does that magically fix everything we're talking about? No, but DeMello with Morrissey might stabilize what Josh Morris, what you're, what you're seeing with Morrissey. Uh, Hanala instead of Niku or Logan Stanley, that feels like an upgrade or at least a upgrade potentially. Well, Dylan uh, Sandberg sure. too, right? Yeah. I was going like, to say, Shore said the S word, so maybe I'll throw it to Brian. Uh, Logan Stanley's been in, and we have our Hanala and Sandberg waiting on the outside here. Do you want to talk about that a little? <laughs> so the first game, uh, to me, Logan Stanley wasn't wasn't an issue for the Jets. Like he wasn't the reason they were bad. Um, I mean, no single player is ever the reason a team is bad. Um, but he didn't add what they needed. Like flat out, the Jets need to play better transition hockey. Sandberg and Hanela can bring that Hanela to possibly an elite level. I know he's only 19, but he's got the skill. He's got the hockey IQ. And Sandberg has the athleticism, has the skill, uh, 
has the has good hockey IQ as well. I think he can jump in there, uh, make a good first pass, uh, stabilize things defensively a little bit more than a Logan Stanley could. Stanley's the type of guy that you might be able to fill in as a six seven guy at his ceiling. Um, the Jets are going to need more than that with uh, with their lack of depth. Um, like without Hanela and Sandberg, there's just not enough there in terms of possession driving, uh, in terms of transition, and, and they're going to need a bit of that to help the forwards. The forwards are going to be able to take over every game. And like you saw it in the last two games, they just couldn't really do very much of anything. I'm really excited for the game. Not excited as a a fan, but just to see it happen, to see Tucker Pullman and Logan Stanley on the ice as a pair, like like they're playing basketball out there. Um, Like It's the two towers of defense. That'll be amazing to see happen. Uh, You know it's going to happen, too, because... Like we all think Maurice is kind of weirdly managing uh, the the back end of this team. So I I think we've certainly seen the last of Niku um, for a long time, unless there's significant injuries. I just I can't see how he sticks with the team after these three games. And then Logan Stanley, like I you know that's probably right about where Stanley ceiling is. He wasn't terrible. Um, uh, in the last two games, he was fine. He didn't play much. He didn't do much either, but he didn't make like terrible mistakes either. So I'm willing to, uh, say that Logan Stanley's fine. If he's your like number eight guy or number seven guy. I, I don't know. I think there's better options for that too. I think, I think you want better depth. Like I didn't like his game. I, I didn't love his game, obviously, in the first game, but there were a few plays I didn't like tonight. He threw the puck or gave the puck away too easily a couple times, and that's the stuff you really don't want, especially for a guy who's you know, not going to drive a lot offensively or in transition, get pucks out. He's going to play physical, uh, hopefully... Hopefully win puck battles, um, puck battles that I think if you have other guys in there, you won't have to get into as often. So. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting to me. He just looks a little bit confused. Like he's not like he doesn't look like he's disengaged or anything, but he's not. Maybe he's just not the player he is, but he's not moving to be the playmaker. He is pinching a little bit, but it's not working for him. And he just looks like he's a little bit like he's kind of just trying to survive out there. And I'm getting kind of some Tyler Myers flashbacks when I look at him, this big, tall man who's just kind of all over the place. But yeah, I've been hard on Stanley from the beginning, as have a lot of people. And I'm not going to pretend that, you know, the Jets lost against the Leafs and they took it to overtime against the Sens because of him. Obviously not. Like you said, you can never blame it on one player. And he wasn't even that bad. But when you kind of look at the process and the decisions that were made to get him there, you can question it a little bit and say, why? <laughs> but Any, Anyone want to guess how many, how much time on ice Logan Stanley had tonight? I would guess 
eight minutes, something like that. Six minutes, 46 seconds. Yeah, that I mean, that tells you what you need to know. And um, who is he playing with? Um, mostly Nathan Beaulieu. And how much time on ice did he have? Do you know? Can you Nathan Beaulieu played 20 minutes and 30 seconds. So were they shifting them around a lot? Yeah, they were mostly playing uh, 5D tonight. Okay. Like Logan Stanley got disappeared in the third period. Let's see. Uh, let's see if I can pull up. While Brian's pairs. looking for that, do you think, Kishore, that in the next couple games we're going to see Sandberg and or Anola come in and play? Uh, I think so. Eventually, I so. think Demello Demello's knocking out Niku um, next next right. game or as soon as he's he's back from from the birth of a baby. That's a no doubter. And then it's, do you think? Uh, do you think Maurice is going to put in Pullman or do you think he's going to put Hanela in for uh, Logan Stanley? That's a question. I think the smart money, knowing Paul Maurice, is that he's going to put Pullman in. They're still um, on the road for Thursday, right? Yeah, yeah, and then they're back for seven at home. I like, have to f- think Sandberg will make his debut on Thursday. I, I just can't see it. Like, Stanley only played six minutes just under seven minutes tonight i think niku played 10 10 something um i uh i closed that page already but it wasn't a ton uh maybe it was more than i thought i, well, I would rather see hanala first instead of samber given what we saw at the world juniors um i just think like especially after what we saw at a kale mccarr last year with colorado and and all the flashes he's showed. I think Hanala has an even better game than Kale McCarr does. And so, like, I think Hanala should be first in line uh, because he also has nowhere to go play. Like, he's stuck here. Um, so, like, unless, like, Patrick Liney and him have, like, an awesome card game going in the press box, like, there's no reason to leave Hanala up there. Right. I think... So, I think kind of the summary here is that you have two um expendable defensemen being Stanley and Niku currently in the lineup and you have your Demello who will come back that's a sure thing Poolman who will be back as well but doesn't necessarily have to be <laughs> and then you also have your Sandberg and your Hanola so you have some options you can and, play with things and see if it's going to work and I don't think Bolu has to stay in the lineup either necessarily that's very true, it's, that's very true. he again, hasn't been that great yeah. Bolu can kill Bolu's a better penalty killer than most of our defensemen. But with that said, Samberg and Hanela can kill penalties as well. That's true. Yeah, and I think we, we bring this up a lot of the podcast and we try not to always be the Maurice bashing club because that's not what we're about and it's not fair either. But sometimes it's hard to be like, oh, play Samberg and Hanela kind of thing when you know that your coach is not going to do that your coach is not going to sit Pullman and Bolio not a chance like it's not happening especially right now um while they're healthy of course like if injuries permit like that would change things of course but it's hard to kind of speculate and question and wonder what might happen when you know it's not going to but anyways (laughs) that's kind of the detour can I give like Maurice one note of uh, one positive note and that's at not least allowed 
Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> the only thing I have to say is at least the power play doesn't look exactly the same as it's looked the past two years. I'm not saying it looks good, but at least they're trying something different and trying a couple different sort of setups. It doesn't make sense to me that that uh, Wheeler's hanging out below the goal line. I don't because... mind it, to be honest. I, I, I think he's I think he might I don't be love it. There. I like I go on, definitely go on, appreciate that he's not on the half wall. But like, I never like having a player like one of your players not in a position where they can shoot um, and being below the goal line. I know it changes the angles and all of that, but at least it's something different, um, which is not what I expected. I expected to see Pionk out there slow passing over to line A and like the and the puck getting blocked. And at least we're not seeing that um, out of the start. Uh, you know, their power play still needs a ton of work. Uh, but it it at least shows some promise and they are not playing like the garbage system that they started out last year with that was all like all hang back in your own zone they're at least the d are pinching a little bit more and hopefully with Demello coming in we'll see even more of that in a better transition game uh given that he was the best jet last year at getting the puck out of his own net every morning when i wake up what keeps me going is the thought that Patrick Line is going to be healthy soon and we're going to play a five forward power play every morning. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> How man, good was that? It was so good. I know it was a five on three, but like, man, it looked so good. And like, I, so, what scares so me about ahead. having Wheeler on the point is that I don't know how fast he is. If you spring one of the penalty killing forwards and he starts going, if Wheeler's going to be able to catch him, but, but don't let that happen. <laughs> or whatever. I think it looks good. I really liked it. That was a positive. I thought it was creative of Maurice to put that out there, and I thought it worked really well. I think the most important thing on that power play is having a shooting threat from both sides. Before they were cutting the ice in half with Wheeler on the half wall, they don't have to defend the right side of the ice. There is no shooting threat from that side. Guard the cross ice to Line A and Wheeler. Uh, give up the Pionk shot and you're golden it was pionk to his credit was pretty good at getting that shot through but it's not like there's an opportunity cost there when you have line a sitting on the left half wall and you have or not the left half wall but hopefully a little a little further uh towards the center of the ice but in the spot for a shot. You know what I'm talking about. And Shifley in the slot. Um, He's deadly yeah. there. And Con and Connor is always good in and around the net in, in terms of finishing. Can we do a little Patrick Line appreciation? Holy oh, crap. He looked angry coming out that first game. And it wasn't just because he was willing to take on Kachuk. He just, that first goal, you're like, okay, he's mid-season form right here. That thing like flew into the net uh, and he just skated faster and angrier than I've seen him skate in a while. Um, so hopefully this injury won't slow him down. But I'm here for contract year, angry Patrick Lining. Bring it on. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's good. Like make make us believe, make us force you to like bleh, force us to pay you $10 million. Like. Honestly, like I'm here for it. Like I, I don't want him to leave. 
I don't <laughs> more than anything in the world. I don't want him to leave. And if he looks good and we have a good season and he wants to stay, I I'm here for it. Bring it on, please. Brian, you want to jump on that at all? <laughs> I think someone tweeted, uh, I don't know if it was during or after the Calgary game. It was like, this feels like when your girlfriend's about to break up with you and then she starts going to the gym and and starts uh, buying nice clothes and starts looking all good. It, I saw that. That was a great tweet. <laughs> it was very true. <laughs> I ignored it a little, I think, because it was a little sad. But I, yeah, I'm willing to accept that reality for the for the good times we're gonna have over the next few months. That's what I have to say to well, that. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully they get a half decent, uh, hope half decent lineup in there pretty soon. I we need line eight back. We need some puck moving defensemen in there. I there, there's three of them right now that aren't playing one because of injury two because of coach's choice um that all i think could help their team that's that's all there is to it um they're going to need more than that they're going to need efforts from from uh from shifley wheeler uh morrissey it's going to take a lot to turn around what we saw in the last couple games but there, there's talent there for sure. It can be done. We saw flashes in the Calgary game. If that's who the team becomes, of of it actually uh, changing. And as somebody put it, if if Patrick Line is a, you know, a, a positive possession player, uh, uh oh, is yeah. what I have to say <laughs> for the rest of the North. Like it changes the dynamic of everything. Um, if they get two lines going like that because all of a sudden then Lowry and cop can just be the Lowry and cop line. They don't have to be anything more than that. Um, and then, you know, Jack Roslevic, I'm happy to see you like rot in Columbus for a while. That's what I have to say about Roslevic. Like, interesting. See, well, I, I think they should make him sit and, and use him for the Seattle expansion draft. I like, mm-hmm. you know, the rumors about, trading for Pittsburgh who do you want on Pittsburgh that's no, last name isn't Crosby or Malkin they're not going to give you Marcus Pedersen they're going to give you they're going to give player. us Brandon Tanev back on like a six-year contract or whatever you know ridiculous we're not term taking, we're not taking the Tanev contract back give us John but, Marino yeah yeah that's, gonna be a, <laughs> <laughs> that's good that'll go over well with the fans <laughs> oh my gosh yeah no but um well, and while we're kind of talking about um, lining and wanting those top two lines, I don't know if anyone wants to jump on the whole. I feel like we haven't talked about Stastny yet. Um, first three games of having Stastny back again, older than he was in 2017. It is what it is. But I personally have been okay with what I've seen from Stastny. He wins draws. He makes smart plays. I'm, I'm here for Stastny. I like having him here. Um, does anyone want to jump on that? I think I give him an incomplete. I think it's too like he hasn't yeah. been bad. Um, but he certainly hasn't developed the kind of chemistry that we're looking for with Ehlers. And like, you would hope the reason like Stastny Ehlers line, a works so well two years ago is like Ehlers is a possession monster. And then you like Stastny can like keep pucks in play and make really good choices down low to set up goal scoring opportunities that hasn't happened yet. And so I, I give him an incomplete. Yes. Good on draws. 
he's looked slow and out of position at times as well, too. No, that's fair. And again, yeah, it's a three-game sample size. It's tough and whatever. But what we love to do is speculate and make something out of nothing because it's what we do as fans, right? So um, it's always fun to to talk about it and stuff. Um, I would give Nate Thompson an F, though. I have not liked yes. what I've seen out of Nate Thompson. But Just he doesn't been, do anything. Is the real <laughs> were you expecting anything different from him? No. I was expecting a slightly better... A, a face-off percentage not that that's everything but like at least a like a little fight there but you know you can't put a number on veteran presence in the room according to marie so uh, <laughs> i don't know yeah, i mean no like yeah i mean at least like you said Liz, like at least like trevor lewis is showing some life down there on the wing uh on that line i just haven't seen it out of nate thompson it's a very curious decision today when they, I, I don't know how much that line played this game, but it wasn't a lot. Oh, and they got minutes. a shift. They got a shift with two and a half minutes left in the game when we're down by one goal. Sorry. thought that was a curious decision. Nate Thompson, I think, played just over nine minutes himself between five on five and the penalty kill. I think the line itself played about five and a half minutes, somewhere in around there. Oh, boy. All right. <laughs> you know, it's a fourth line, and it's the third game. I'm not going to, you know, that's not really where our problem is, but it's it's certainly not the kind of thing you want to see from your, your fourth line. Uh, and it, the other person I have an incomplete on, because he's only played one game, is I was excited to see Harkins back. He didn't, you know, look like the Harkins we left off with who might have been our best jet outside of Hellebuck in that Calgary series at the end of the last year. Uh, but I'm excited about what he's going to be able to bring. We got a couple moments of Harkins playing with Shifley and Wheeler. Um, I don't know if he's up to that task, but um, it, it, again, like that feels like at least trying uh, to leverage some of the younger players to uh, to be in positions where they can be successful. Yeah, I think incomplete on Harkins right now, too, because, well, uh, yeah, there's I don't think there's much you can really expect from him playing limited minutes with Nate Thompson. So, I mean, he stepped up with Adam Lowry today, I think, for portion for a portion of the game. Um, I don't know. I don't think they did very much, but as goes the team right so mm -hmm. we'll yeah, see what yeah. happens going forward there's to be honest not a ton of information we have now there's concerning signs that's basically my take on everything and there's things that the coach can do to you know give them a chance to be better that's where my frustration comes in. And like, if that's, if all they're getting right now is the most they could get out of the team uh, by decision-making, that's fine. I can live with that. But I think there's just way more to be had. Right. I look at it this way, three games in, I'm thankful not to be a fan of the Oilers or Canucks right now who are melting down based on what's happening there. We're kind of lucky to be where we are. But, you know, I'd rather be lucky um, uh, out of these first three games than to 
to be 0-3. Uh, I'll take the four points and and run home, and hopefully that, you know, we'll see some of these lineup changes that are going to change the entire uh, trajectory of the team. Right. So I think that kind of wraps up the general idea of the past three games that we've had. Um, just a fun little question. Um, we haven't been overly impressed with the team as a general whole. Like, there have been some positives that we pulled out, but how long do you give it until it's a clean house on the coaching staff or something changes there if we continue to play like this and not get lucky and not get wins out of it? Like, like how if we, long? Sorry, go How ahead. many games? Like, what do you think it's going to take for a, for a new coach, new assistant coach, new defensive coach? I don't care. Something, a change down there. I don't think even if <laughs> the season implodes that management's going to change, Maurice. Um, I think given the extension last year, I just don't see it happening. Um, uh, how, if I was in control of the team, how long would I give them? Minus three years. Sorry. I'm really sorry. <laughs> no, that's uh, like you're, you're giving the soundtrack to my feeling um, about this whole thing. I, I, I would probably give them like 20 games because, you know, 20 games is if you're uh, out of it at the 20 game mark, that's, basically like being out of it like near the all-star break. And I think we'll know who the team is about 20 games in. They're not firing Maurice. Let's not be delusional here. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, you can't, if we continue to play like this and we play against Montreal, who I think is better than people want to admit, Toronto more, even Vancouver yeah. and Edmonton, who are probably going to perk up a little bit, the odds of us playing like this and having a losing record is very, very high. And how do you keep a coach for eight years with a losing record in his eighth year after winning nothing? Like, what? how does it even make sense? How can you justify that? Yeah, I, I said the same thing last year, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I, that I, the, the more damning thing to me is that all these players want out of this team. That's the reason to get rid of Maurice. Why does Line want to leave? Why did Truba want to leave? Why did, you know, why did Bufflin leave like he did? Um, like a lot of that comes back to Maurice on some level. And I think that's where the performance that I expect out of the year should reflect on him. But I agree with Brian. It's not going to happen. He's not getting fired. Well, <laughs> it is what it is. Well, I I, I don't make the. <laughs> Did we lose well, list? Sorry, oh no, no, you were saying something. So, oh, your screen is frozen. That's all. Oh goodness. There we go. Oh. I think it's fixed. I don't even remember what I was saying. To be quite honest, you were just laughing well. about Maurice. Yeah. Oh yes. So the usual. yeah, like I would have fired him at the end of the 2018-19 season when the back half of the year they dipped near the bottom of the league in shot share expected goals. Like it was rough, but that was still an elite roster in my opinion. That's when I would have done it. I I thought maybe like there was a chance for some redemption at the start of last year but 
then they started getting even weirder with their systems and uh, going into more of a shell despite having great forwards and no ability to defend. That team needed to control puck possession. They didn't, and they got absolutely shelled and resulted in a Connor Hellbuck win because he was just insane, but you know, there's stuff's got to change and it hasn't. I don't know when to expect that because like you said, eight seasons for Maurice are seven or eight seasons. This is the eighth season, right? For Maurice. Um, But yeah, seven seasons, uh, one, sorry, two playoff series wins. Um, they squeak in another time as the eighth seed, and then they back into the playoffs in uh, in the 2018-19 season, and they lose in six games to the Blues. I don't know. I There's just not enough success there there to have that much longevity in my opinion no it's like organizationally they're 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 way too loyal uh changes just need to be made and like it seems yeah well, what can you do, right? It's uh, it's frustrating, and again, it's like we don't want to say that Maurice and management are the only issues, right? Because that's just not fair. But you can't fire a team, you can't fire your top six, you can't fire all your defensemen. You got to do something to to get some results. So, um, does anyone have any last words they kind of want to throw in there? Yeah, yeah. It sounds like what can you do is the motto of the Jet Centric podcast for this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, I know this doesn't sound like a, a fan podcast for a team that's actually has a winning record right now, but it just <laughs> it it hasn't looked good. I mean, let's just be honest; it just hasn't looked good. And so, I hope it turns around. Um, and it's early, but uh, yeah, that's my that's my final thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of my friends texted me at the end of the game, and it was a very, very good thought. Two words, and I agreed. He said, mediocrity forever. And I said, yeah, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so, I can still love um, Nikolai Ehlers and Patrick Laine. That will yes, always be the case. <laughs> so I guess we'll kind of wrap things up here. Just want to quickly mention that this is actually our 100th episode, so we just wanted to say um, thank you so much like from the bottom of our hearts to everyone who listens, who contributes a couple of names we want to name. AJ, of course, uh, Chris, Ryan, Roddy, Kyle, uh, Scott Campbell, Daniel, Paul, Katie, Alistair, um, everybody. Like, you've been so great. We love all of our listeners, everyone who interacts with us on Twitter. Um, It's been a pleasure for myself to be a part of this for the past few months. Um, Kishore, Brian, thank you. And thank you to all of our other hosts. Again, our listeners, um, much appreciated. Uh, hope to have more content coming your way as the season progresses. Um, yeah, go Jets go. Thanks for tuning in and listening.
I'm Kurt Kielbach, and thank you for listening to the Jet Centric Broadcast.